Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. Hey there, men and ladies that are also listening. I keep hearing from different ladies out there that have joined us on the Holy Man podcast. Uh, and it's awesome to, to that you're wanting to seek a perspective, maybe understanding God's heart and what uh, we're talking about as men and trying to get our lives into a better place. Uh, we're continuing our journey during this semester of life groups, uh, talking about uh, what Gene Getz has shared in the book called The Measure of a Man, 20 Attributes of Becoming a Godly Man. And uh, man, we're continuing to have some great uh, conversations. Uh, hopefully you are as well in uh, a life group or a group of men that you're getting together with to talk about these things uh, because they can be life-changing. Gene writes these. It comes out of the books of 1 Timothy and Titus where uh, Paul is speaking into young people in the church, Timothy and Titus, and helping them to better understand what uh, we should be aspiring to as godly men, uh, leaders in the church, people who are able to pull alongside of others and grow others in their faith. And uh, so we're going to be continuing doing that today. This is episode 48. And uh, so we're looking into the next uh, attribute. And I've invited a guest to join me again today. Uh, I have another great, one of our great men in the church. Uh, he, I love this guy because he loves pouring into the lives of kids. And uh, so uh, I invited Paul Lehman to join me today. Paul, it's good to have you with us. Yeah, it's great to be here. Uh, Paul, I know that you serve in the church in several different capacities. I know that you're down, a lot of times you're in the, is it the fifth grade classroom with the kids down there? Or what age group are you normally helping with down there? Yeah, I do uh, serve down in fifth grade often. I'm a substitute. So whenever they need someone, Darcy texts and I say, yep. That sounds good. I'll, I'm glad to to be down there and to to work with fifth grade, sometimes sixth grade, and have been doing that for quite a few years now. You know, Paul, I've always said that it's it's awesome for me as a dad of kids to you know a lot of churches uh, the the children's area is reserved for the ladies of the church to be the ones pouring into our kids, but I love it when I have a godly man like you and and as you know Paul I mean last week I think down in the uh, New Life Kids there were several men down there, and it is awesome when we have some of our godly men that are also willing to pull alongside of our children, and teach them and show them what a uh, what growing in Christ is like. So thank you for that, Paul. I appreciate it. Uh, so the guys can get to know you a little bit more beyond teaching fifth grade uh, New Life kids. Uh, tell them a little bit about yourself, what your family looks like, what you do for a living, and uh, what are some things important to you? Sure. So uh, my wife, Jody and I have been married almost 25 years now. Uh, we met down at Oklahoma Wesleyan University. So um, 
actually, I uh, was born in Africa and grew up in Africa. My uh, that is so cool. Yeah, my uh, dad was a missionary, and mom and dad, and also uh, goes way back to my great grandparents uh, going to Africa as missionaries in 1898. So dang, I didn't know that part. Yeah, yeah. So um, my dad was thir- third generation um, there, and so. Um, growing up with that heritage and and seeing all of that history was was really, really neat. As far as my family, I have uh, three daughters. My oldest is a sophomore at Black Hill State, and then uh, have twins that are juniors this year um, here in in Gillette. And so, as far as my work, I am a school counselor at one of the local elementary schools. And so, um, when I first uh, went into counseling, I didn't really think that I would be involved in elementary. I was thinking more high school, but really enjoy uh, that elementary age. And so, uh, it's been really good. That, that that's powerful, Paul. Again, you know, to have a anytime I have a Christian person that's serving in our schools in whatever capacity, whether it's a teacher, whether it's administrator, whether it's a counselor, it, it just blesses me to know that. I know that you're limited a little bit on what you can share as far as a Christian at a public school, but they can't stop you from being Christian. Yeah, absolutely. And um, really the wisdom um, of God and in the church um, translates so easily into the um, education field. Uh, You basically uh, teach Christian principles without using Jesus's name. Kind of interesting. Right. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's so cool to, to hear you say that. And that's kind of what we're talking about today, Paul. And that's kind of why I asked you as uh, one of the men in the church to pull alongside of me for this one. Uh, we're talking about what Paul shares with Timothy uh, and Titus, this idea that if, if you're a, a man in the church with maturity, if you're someone that is you know, a little farther along in your faith journey as a leader in the life of the church, then you should be someone who has the ability to teach others, someone who can pull alongside of someone else and pour into them. Now, I know that for many of us men, when we hear that concept of being someone who can teach others, we get a little nervous uh, because not all of us feel that we are biblical scholars. So how can this be talking about with me? And so, Paul, we're going to hopefully ease the men's tensions out there a little bit and to help them get a better understanding. But before we get into that, Paul, have you had anybody in your lifetime who was, you know, a great teacher and what was it about them that, that you would consider them to be a a great teacher for you? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So uh, when I was thinking about that question, uh, the first person that popped into my mind was uh, Mrs. Meyer. And that was back in eighth grade. It was actually in Africa. And so um, she was a retired college professor who somehow found herself back into uh, teaching eighth graders of all things. (laughs) And so uh, she really enjoyed history. Um, She had studied history, um, had Jewish heritage, and so spent a lot of time in Israel uh, studying history there. And one of the uh, areas of study that year was the Second World War and the Holocaust. Mm. And so she had um, a lot of... uh, a personal investment, I guess, in that subject and really brought it to life for us. Uh, something that was kind of interesting was that she would dictate our um, basic stories or, or history lesson, and it was always the same. 
And so you'd have to sit there and write it down and, uh, you know, not, not talk, just kind of write it verbatim, verbatim. And if you memorize that and reproduced it on the test, your highest score would be an 80%. 80. So if it was perfectly reproduced uh, just the way she dictated it, then you would get an 80%. So she expected you to go and to research more oh, okay. to add into um, what she had given you sure. in order to get above an 80%. Now, something that was kind of funny was um, my friend in the class, he had an older sister that was two years ahead of us. And so she had the notes um, from the whole year. And so we got the bright idea of <laughs> instead of, instead of uh, uh, sitting there and having to write what she wrote or what she would say, that we would uh, just go ahead and uh, type it out on the computer and so we would have it. And then we actually uh, brought those to school and sold them to the other students. <laughs> You're an entrepreneur, Paul. Yeah. So I wanted to get a little extra money for lunch, that sort of thing. And um, she found out about it. And instead of getting angry with us, she said, oh, yeah, great. Um, that's fine. You know, just go ahead and do that. So um, still kind of was there to... Uh, I guess um, mentor, not, teach, yeah, yeah. Uh, still learned the content, but um, was patient with us. You know, being eighth graders and all. Yeah, and it's so cool that you know, she was able to take you on a journey of learning, and it wasn't just the content; it was something even bigger than that. Uh, and she encouraged you to do work above and beyond. So that is so cool that when a teacher can do that and uh, and have the best interests of the kids in, involved. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's so cool. You know, somebody that I remember, you know, this was a little bit later than eighth grade. This was when I was in college and uh, I went to a Christian college and I was learning civil engineering. And it was, for me, Robe Lillistrand was his name. And don't ask me to spell his last name. I couldn't do it anymore. It's been a while. But uh, he was the primary civil engineering professor that I had that taught me about structural engineering and uh, how to create dams and, and all these different parts of civil engineering. But the coolest thing for me, I was really young in my faith at this time. But what he helped me to do was to see an aspect of God that was so powerful because he made us look at these things that was basically science, you know, how to build a bridge, how to build a dam, how to build a water treatment plant. And at the end of most of our lessons, almost every one of them, he would pull out the Bible at the end of the day and he'd say, okay, now let's see how God teaches us about engineering. And so he would help us to see science and and all these things of uh, structural parts of the bridge, you know, stresses and torques and all these different pieces. And he would show us how God created them, how God created systematically and how God created science. And so he helped me to see the world from God's perspective and even the science that we were doing from God's perspective. And it, it changed my, my life. It changed how I looked at the world. And it was so cool. And I appreciated that so much that he wasn't just teaching us to be a civil engineer, he was teaching us how to do civil engineering from God's perspective. So I love it when teachers can do that, when somebody can can show you life from God's perspective and, and really help you, help you with that. Now, Paul, again, I want us to you know jump into this because I, as we think about what Paul shares with Timothy, 
And yes, guys out there, I know that this can be confusing because you get two Pauls here talking on the podcast, and then we're talking about the Apostle Paul. And so just try to stick with us as best we can. So I'm talking about the Apostle Paul when he's sharing with Timothy this idea that we, in church leadership, that we need to be uh, teachers, able to teach. He's not just talking about pastors. He's not just talking about the people that are up on the stage, Paul. And I know more than likely you, like me, have had a bunch of leaders in the church that have been great teachers for you. People who are, whether it's uh, a pastor or someone teaching a Bible study, would you agree, Paul, that you've had some great ones? Yes, yes, absolutely. And what made them great ones, in your opinion? So... um when we first moved here to Gillette in 2008, uh, Pastor Wes Smith was here at the church. And uh, something that kind of I remember uh, was Jody and I were talking about uh, some of his sermons and having both of us uh, grown up in the church, her dad being a pastor at one time, my uh, family involved in ministry, we kind of had heard it all, okay. I guess you could say. Sure. And so... Uh, something that was interesting was uh, we actually sat down to, and thought, you know what? Um, that's something I haven't ever heard mm. from one of his sermons. Right. And so he was able to uh, bring in some things that um, we had never heard before. Different so that, perspectives different on scripture. Perspectives, yeah. Um, one of which was just um, how to understand what the disciples mentality was and going through how the Jewish system of education worked. And, and so um, it was really interesting to see that perspective because it always didn't make sense to me why a person would want to be a disciple. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and that's so cool that when we have those Christian leaders, pastors, Bible teachers, uh, whoever they might be that have that knack, that have that ability to take the word of God which is new and fresh every morning, you know, it's, it's, it just is. And even though for those of us who have grown up in the church, who have heard great teachers to, to figure out, okay, God's word, it is huge. And we can still learn something new from other people. And sometimes I love how Jesus, we even show that a little child can teach us a new perspective uh, on things. And I know for me, I learned more about God after I became a dad, Paul, I'm sure that you could agree with me on that. Yeah. <laughs> Our kids can teach us, you know, when they ask those hard questions about faith, I'm like, all right, I, can, I have to think about this one a little bit. And it's great how our kids can help us to learn, even thinking about God as a father. And so for me, learning from others, I love it when I have that opportunity to do it, no matter who they are, if there's someone that can either ask the right question or help me look at the scriptures in a neat new perspective. But Paul, as we look at this chapter and what Gene Getz wrote in the chapter about this attribute, he wasn't just talking about, again, those leaders up on the stage, but he's more talking about those of us who are maybe a little bit more mature in our faith or just someone who's been on the journey for a little bit. How do we take advantage of the opportunities to speak into other people's lives, no matter what the situation is? And he even brought into his chapter several different moments where things were a little bit tense for someone, a tense situation where in that tense situation that someone had the opportunity to either smash somebody in the mouth or use it as an opportunity to pour into their lives, to teach into their lives. Now, Paul, I have no doubt that you're answering this. Have you ever had some tense situations 
where you had the opportunity to pour into someone's life, even though it maybe is a little bit tense because of their attitude they're bringing into it or just whatever's going on in that situation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love the way that you use the word opportunity so many times. And it's just, uh, we always have to keep that perspective that even this difficult situation, this um, really horrible time is an opportunity. So I won't really go into any details here as far as my work, but as you can imagine, uh, being a school counselor in the school system, there are many opportunities for me to um, have to work through difficult situations with uh, people, with children who really um, are out of control or um, are experiencing, you know, uh, huge emotions, um, anger, um, anxiety, mm -hmm. things like that, where it really is making the situation uh, difficult, uh, so difficult that uh, they have to be in, you know, with me. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they're in your office, there's right. a reason. Right. Yeah. 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 And so, um, you know, being able to be patient, um, to be calm, um, to meet them where they're at, to listen to them, and then um, to help them to uh, get to a place where, you know, they're back to the baseline, so to speak, or, or back to normal. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a, a difficult thing and, and um, something that you always have to work at and remember that it's an opportunity when a lot of times it's easy to react um, with anger ourselves or mm -hmm. with frustration ourselves or, um, you know, um, this is not what I had planned for, <laughs> for this moment. Right. I have a lot of things I need to do, but here I got to spend time, a lot of time uh, on this situation. So Paul, in those moments, whether it's at your school and your job, whether it's at your home, when your kids are acting like kids, uh, you know, I, I, for me, I've always had to, or I've learned, I guess I would say that in those moments when it, maybe it's a little bit tense that I have to realize that they're not necessarily upset with me, that, that instead it could be the brokenness of their home. Mm -hmm. It could be the brokenness of the situation, maybe something that someone else just said to them that has them fired up, anxious, yeah. tense, whatever it might be. So it, again, I look at it as an opportunity simply because of the brokenness of their situation. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. Um, we kind of call those antecedents or setting events. Okay. It's all of that stuff that they're bringing into the situation that really probably doesn't have anything to do with us or even um, anyone around them currently. So yeah, uh, just kind of remembering that, um, as you always say, you know, broken people, break people, mm. hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. Uh, so using that or remembering that perspective can help to um, not really make it personal as a personal attack against you or um, even related to you. That's, that's a good to remember. And, it, and for Paul, you know, as you think about the gospels and, you know, when we look at the good teacher, Jesus himself, I mean, how many broken people did he interact with? Just, well, let's just talk about the disciples. You know, they were a mess. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but yeah, and then the, the sinners, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, all those different moments, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, you know, he had all of those different moments. And yet we see him having the opportunity because he looks beyond 
their brokenness and sees that they are someone that I created. I love them. Therefore, I'm going to do the best I can to interact with them and possibly, if they're open to it, teach them, show them a better perspective, a better way of life. And uh, so as we learn from Jesus, each of those moments that we have those opportunities, whether it's, again, your kids at school, our kids at home, uh, people here at the church, or even out in the community, we have those opportunities that if we (laughs) handle them in a Jesus way, it gives us the opportunity to teach them and pour into them. Uh, So it's cool, Paul, again, they maybe they have this the public schools have some boundaries for you, but they can't keep you from being Christian. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, absolutely. And so for you to uh, to pour into these different kids from your Christian perspective, your Christian worldview is such a blessing. I'm sure that your dad, you know, as a missionary, he he probably had some of these tense moments too, uh, where he had the opportunity to shine or not shine. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, got to witness a lot of uh, things like that firsthand. Um, I guess some that kind of come to mind are, um, you know, difficult times uh, with other um, people who are involved in ministry um, within the church. Um, one particular time that I remember, I had to kind of go with my dad to um, help after a, a missionary had uh, passed away. And then the family was left, and this particular missionary happened to be from um, the from South Africa, where we were. And so um, the family thought that the church needed to um, provide more as far as um, financial assistance to the family following this. And so it was a real difficult time. And uh, you know, he, I was there for several days and basically um, kind of had to play outside and just kind of wait. Uh-huh. And my dad had to work through that for, you know, for days. Um, and so uh, being able to, to help to uh, bring healing in that really, really tough situation. So uh, what I hear you saying is sometimes that when we find ourselves in those opportunities, that maybe if they are tense, that patience helps out. Because you might not be able to solve the in, the uh, the situation in in a split second or a moment, uh, you think of some of the the kids that you work with at school. It's a journey of helping those kids to get to a better place, and because sometimes the the situation or their situation might be so broken that you you just can't solve it in one moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, you really have to, like you said, be patient and um, you know work through it slowly um, and and uh, help to bring them from where they are to where they need to be. Yeah. And that leads us into, you know, and Gene gets in, in his book, he shares this understanding of us growing in this area. And before we get there, I just want to share this passage out of second uh, Timothy that, that really plays into this understanding of growing in, in maturity in being able to teach others, pour into others, and especially when we're talking about some of these tense situations. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 23 to 25. This is what Paul shares with, with Timothy. He says, again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Here's this uh, phrase that he talked about then, be able to teach 
and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Paul, that's a powerful passage for those who are worried about this idea of them being able to teach. Because again, it's not just being a like a biblical scholar. Mm-hmm. This is more importantly about being able to interact with people who maybe are just needing to hear from God, needing to hear a different perspective on life, whether it's an, uh, you know, an elementary age kid, whether it's another person that we're interacting with to be able to help them. And so I appreciate how Paul shares this. Can you see though, how boy, this could really, if you embodied that text, could it help you do your job better? Yeah. Um, and like I, I shared earlier, um, it's amazing how my work and uh, the truth of scripture, the wisdom of scripture mm-hmm. uh, translates into um, the, the training that I've received in order to do my job. Um, kind of, it's a, it's amazing to me to see that, um, you know, they take the, the Christian um, name off of it, <laughs> but all of the concepts are the huh. same. So amazing how that works. Right, right. And God's wisdom makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That it, it just, uh, you know, translates right in. Um, um, some, something that's kind of funny going back to um, how I teach at school and also teach here at the church. And um, the other, about a month ago, I was teaching here at the church and I was, I was thinking, wait a minute, where am I? Am I at school <laughs> or am I at church? <laughs> kids are the same kids though. Yeah, yeah. Because I was using a lot of the same... Um, uh, I guess, concepts. Right. Yeah. And that's, it's so powerful to hear you say that because it does translate. God's wisdom is not just a wisdom for when we're acting in the church, but instead it's practical wisdom for day to day. And, you know, Paul and I were in a life group together and we were just discussing here the other day about this concept of Sophron, which is this godly wisdom And if we chase after it, it changes our lives because it helps us to practically live our lives in a God way. And so, and that speaks into what Gene talks about here then in his book of things that we should, that are important for us if we're going to pour into the lives of others. And and we can call it teaching or pouring into them, mentoring them, whatever words we want to share. It's not just the pastor. It's not just seminary professors. It's not just biblical scholars, Paul, but it's anyone who's walking in faith are going to be given an opportunity to pour into the lives of someone else. And so what are some of the characteristics that Gene thinks that, and that also Paul would think, but whether we look at this passage we just read or other passages that are out there, or even looking at the life of Jesus, what are things that are important if we're going to pour into it? The first thing that Gene talks about is simply being having spiritual and emotional maturity or fruit of the spirit, Paul, I think you know what those are. Love, joy, peace. Uh, We talked about that. Some of us guys did during the summer, Uh, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, all those attributes of the spirit of God in our lives. Paul, how could any of those help us no matter where we find ourselves to pour into the lives of others? Why would those be important? Yeah, I think uh, you have to, I guess uh, he essentially says that it's a person who takes control of their mind and their emotions under God. Okay. And so um, 
you know, being able to handle yourself in those threatening situations, uh, being able to understand, you know, how your body works, how your emotions work, and uh, to realize where you're at in that situation and how to de-escalate yourself so that you can help to de-escalate the other. And that plays right into all those fruits of the Spirit. If God is, and that's the thing, if the Holy Spirit of God is in control, if we're giving Him control of all of those different attributes with our patience, our self-control, our gentleness, our kindness, if we're letting the Holy Spirit lead us in those and we're de-escalating our own selfish ideas of what works best and allowing God to escalate, man, that changes the whole situation. Sure does. It's a maturity level of growing in our relationship with Christ and allowing him be in charge of us instead of ourselves being in charge of us. Because we're going to get it messed up, Paul, because we have some brokenness in ourselves. We are selfish. We are sinful in our own selves. So if it's less of us and more of him, there's a better chance that we're going to be able to pour into the lives of others. Agreed? Yes. Yeah. Number two, he says, is a firm conviction that the word of God is true. Uh, that's important. Uh, you know, you think about, Paul, what you just said here a minute ago, how the the education that you received was kind of Christianesque without having the Christian title on it. So you're saying it came out of the word of God without anybody knowing that it was really the word of God. Yeah. Discovering truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay. If Jesus is truth and he is the one, if God is the one who produced the word of God, that he revealed it, it's the inspired word of God. And I know we could get into the argument of what that means, and we're not going to do that here today. But if it is God's word, then there must be something to it. There must be some wisdom that we can garner from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Powerful. Life-changing. All right. Then the third thing he mentions is he understands that the word of God sufficiently, he understands it sufficiently to be able to communicate it to others. So it's not just knowing that God's word is true and having that belief, but it's being willing to dig into it and learn it a little bit so that I can pour into it in others. Paul, have you learned God's word a little bit in your journey? Yeah. Um, finding those new things and and also remembering what I've learned is so important. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, um, you know, there's always, always more to learn, but um, I think putting into practice what you have learned helps it to um, really stick with you. And so um, that's something that, you know, everyone can do no matter where they are, where they are on their journey is just uh, start doing it. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest with you, Paul, as a dad, I don't know about you or if your kids, but when, as they start to learn some of these biblical concepts and they know that I know them, if I'm not doing it, they call me on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, as, I'm, as my kids are raising, just a simple example is, and when I'm driving in the car, Daniel right now reminds me very regularly of what the speed limit is because <laughs> he can see from his chair what I'm speed, what speed I'm doing. And if I'm even like one mile above the speed limit, he will let me know that Turkey he's, you know, so he calls me on those types of things because he learns that righteousness is righteousness 
And if I'm supposed to be doing the right thing, then that's an example of where he will try to call me on that. And kids are good at that, aren't they, Paul? Yeah, they sure are. Yeah, they um, they learn by what you do, not by what you say. Ah, uh, it's terrible. Yeah, they they watch us so closely. And so if I'm going to teach my kids something, I better be prepared to not just be speakers of the word, but also... Yeah, doers of the word. That's right yeah. out of the book of James. And that also, um, you know, takes place in my workplace. Um, I kind of feel like uh, the kids that I'm working with, if I'm not um, doing what I'm what I'm teaching, then they notice that, and so they also notice it in other teachers um, and things like that. So we have to have that conversation. I'll <laughs> <laughs> go on it, man. Kids are the worst. But I'm, I'm kidding out there. No, I'm not, I, don't, I don't mean that. Uh, but they they can really challenge us in our walk of faith. But yet, in those moments. Another way to teach them that, that I found that uh, I hate doing it, but when they're right and I've gotten it wrong to be willing to admit, okay, you're right. I, I didn't get it right this time. For I need to ask for forgiveness. I blew it. And so to be able to tell a kid, will you forgive me? Or ask a kid, will you forgive me for when I got it wrong? It's part of the learning process. It's part of the humility aspect of teaching them what it means to walk as a follower of Christ. Uh, humble pie. Have you eaten some humble pie in your day, Paul? Yeah, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> I guess I'd rather not share about it. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we eat it too often and uh, because our kids are teaching us sometimes as much as we're teaching them. Paul, anything else there that you could want to share with the guys as, as for a guy out there who maybe doesn't feel qualified to be to to let this one that Paul's taught the apostle Paul's talking about as far as us being able to teach uh, do you have anything else that you would share with them that uh, to help them be better feel like they can be someone who can teach others yeah a couple of things but I'll first start with just the fact that everybody has a fe- a sphere of influence mm. so you're always going to be influencing uh, whether you know it or not whether you're uh, on board or not whether you're actively um, choosing to do that. And so uh, you're doing it. So uh, you might as well do it well. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of just going back to um, trying to understand who you are inside as far as your thoughts and your emotions. I, um, it's something that is, uh, I guess, especially important to me, something that I've tried to work on over the course of my life, um, having had um, experiences where I was out of control emotionally. Um, when I was younger, I used to just let my anger um, fuel me, um, mm-hmm. and anger is a motivator, but it has to be um, something that is controlled and uh, directed uh towards the the good. You know, um, something I just wanted to share is that anger is um, basically an emotion that God designed for a purpose. Yep. And so uh, with that and all the other emotions, they have a, a righteous pur- purpose if we kind of look into that and understand them. And so I would just encourage everyone to to do that. Slow to become angry? Yeah, slow to become angry or... or um, Use your anger uh, for righteousness, mm-hmm. not uh, for selfish uh, gain. Gain. 
Absolutely. And, you know, Paul, as I, as I look at this, you know, the progression of all these different attributes that we've been talking about that Paul shared with Timothy that Gene Getz has been leading us through, <clears throat> they're all connected. They're all part of the journey. You think about if we have this godly wisdom and we put it into practice, if we, we talked about temperance the one week of being having ourselves under control, uh, we talked about you know making our faith attractive. If all of those things are part of our lives, if other people are watching our faith journey and they're seeing us living like Christ, then eventually they're going to pull alongside of us and say, hey, I see this in you. Could you help me to learn? And so that sphere of influence that you talk about, people are watching us. And if we're being salt, if we're being light, if we're living the life in all these different areas that God has called us to, people are going to eventually come to us and say, I want to learn. Mm -hmm. And it's then that opportunity for us to teach, for us to simply say, dude, I, I, I don't have it right, but let me tell you about my Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we have the opportunity to share what we know about Jesus in whatever capacity it is. And we all know at least a little bit, and we have the opportunity then to pour into their lives. So it's all interconnected. It is. As Paul shares this with Timothy, he's really sharing all these different pieces of being a follower of Christ. And if we're doing it right, then someone's going to notice and someone's going to say, I want to know more. So it's, it's simply just being willing to take the opportunity that God places in front of us, whether it's a tense situation or not a tense situation, and being willing to share what we know about Jesus with someone else. Paul, man, I thank you so much for joining me today. You shared a lot of great insights, and uh, uh, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, you're welcome. It was great to be here. And so, guys, you know, for all of us, you know, I know that think, being thinking about us being a teacher, maybe that's scary for you, but it's simply part of the journey. And for all of us, we're on this journey of life and trying to draw closer to God each and every day so that we can allow the Holy Spirit of God to change us and make us more into holy men. So guys, have a great day and hopefully God will give you an opportunity to share some Jesus with someone else. We'll talk to you soon.